On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now we pray, Lord God, that you'd speak to us by your Spirit. Inspire and encourage, we pray. Amen. Well, I guess the question is, what brings you to church today? I'm very glad you're here. I'd be very lonely if it was just me, if no one had turned up. Maybe you just wanted to get out of the house, to meet friends, to hear some fantastic preaching. Probably not. Sense of duty. Have you not had enough of church? We've not had enough of church with carol services, Christmas services, school nativities and the week in, week out worship. I think if we clocked up the number of church services we'd attended between us in our lifetimes, it'd be quite a big number, wouldn't it? Surely we've done enough. And yet we're here, we're here expressing something about the priority of our faith. We're being fed through scripture, through the the liturgy, the communion service through bread and wine. We're reflecting further together on the mystery of the Incarnation, God made man. 
There are those evocative verses in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, just before this passage, where Mary, after a visit from the shepherds, is described as treasuring all these things in her heart and pondering them. It's a very human, relatable verse. Uh, I guess one that all of us with the privilege of being parents can connect with. Treasuring up all these things, pondering them in our hearts. And in today's Gospel reading, there's more pondering, there's more treasuring, there's also more turning up to worship and dutifully fulfilling the commands of the law. Here was a young couple just setting out on their life together. Their world turned upside down by this unexpected delivery, but they were determined to do things right by God. And in line with their Jewish roots and tradition, their son is named and circumcised. Days later, they're presented in the temple, dedicated to the Lord, and the appropriate sacrifice is made as a sign of thanksgiving and of allegiance to God. Now, they could have been doing this out of a sort of blind duty, a sort of dry ritual, devoid of meaning. But all the evidence points to this being an act of celebration and genuine joy and worship. And then, compared to this young couple, we've got, at the other end of the spectrum, two people at the other end of life. Elderly, bearing the furrows and creases of a long life. And they too are in the temple. Not as a one-off act of worship at a festival, but because it was integral to who they were. We've got Simeon, righteous and devout, open to God's spirit and trusting in God's promises to him, waiting, pondering, treasuring, and then rejoicing in the privilege of holding the baby Messiah in his weakening arms. And then there's Anna, Anna the prophetess, committed in her worship both day and night, living a life of obedience, fasting and praying as an expression of her love for God, reminding Mary and Joseph that the road ahead will not be easy. And as these wise and godly individuals speak, Mary and Joseph marvel at what is said about their newborn son. And so we have four people, too old, too young, and then Jesus as well, all committed to God's ways and God's worship. And then there's us. And there were other options for you this morning. You could have had a bit of a lie-in. If you've got relatives nearby, perhaps more time with family. Another Christmas film. But no, we've chosen to be here to worship, to ponder, to treasure, to marvel. In a few minutes, we'll take part in a ritual, the ritual of communion, where we share bread and wine together. But it's not a dry ritual undertaken out of duty. It's a living act of renewal, renewal of our commitment to worship, renewal of our expression of our true allegiance to Christ. And in it, we're reminded that our freedom was bought at a cost, at a cost, that God's love demands a response 
of lives lived out in worship. Simeon and Anna, it seems, were called by God to spend the majority of their lives in church, in the temple. We are called to spend the majority of our lives out there, within the community. When Mary and Joseph had done their duty, they expressed their worship and obedience in the temple, and then they left, because they had a further task to fulfil. In their case, the task of parenting. And Joseph, to his carpentry, know that many other things in their lives that were part of God's call for them. Pondering, treasuring, marvelling, symbolic acts of worship, all of these things are incredibly important, integral to the lives of a person of faith and a follower of Christ. Christmas has given us a specific focus on doing all these things. We're not to neglect these things, not to neglect gathering together, but having done so, we're called to go, living out who God calls us to be, facing the realities of life with confidence in God and his continuing purposes. So let's keep meeting, let's keep making the effort. Let's use these times together to refresh us that we might go out and be God's people in God's world. Amen. And now let's stand expressing our commitment to God in the words of the Creed.